Yo, what's up? It's J.D. McKissick from the Detroit Line, and you're listening to Blue Brothers Sportcast. All right, welcome back to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me... As normal, back to the in the swing of things is Brandon. Brandon, good to have you back. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I am enjoying, you know, what is considered the best time of the year. I mean, people talk about the holidays, but I do enjoy football being on pretty much almost every single day. So, like... I'll get up and, you know, go about my day, but then lunch, I'm making lunch and there's a football game on TV. I'm making dinner. There's a football game on TV. So it's like perfect. Yeah. I've tried to catch as many games as I could. Um, it's funny because a lot of times you and I will watch the same game, but I watch different parts of it than you do. <laughs> yeah. So we got to have to like fill each other in. Yeah, there was that uh, crazy Western Kentucky, Western Michigan game today that uh, if you guys watched it, the ending was just... Did Did you get around to seeing what happened with it? or No, I didn't. I saw the end of regulation where Western Kentucky went for that Hail Mary and it got swatted down in the end zone. Oh, and well, then I no. saw it was going to overtime and I went back outside and when I came back, it was done. Oh, no, it didn't go into overtime. <laughs> it didn't? No, because they had uh, Western Michigan had 12 men on the field. Oh my god, they pulled a Michigan State. Yes, they did. <laughs> people Oh my gosh. Yeah, people were comparing it to that. Um so wait, uh so did you watch right before that where Western Michigan messed up on where they could have scored but they didn't? No, like I I came in, I was working on something in the garage and I came in uh I can't remember what I came in for, but I was like, "Oh, check the score of that game." And I just I left it on in the house and when I came in, they were getting ready to set up for that that Hail Mary. Okay, so so what happened right before that is that Western Michigan had a really good drive going. They were on the other side of the field. Uh, I want to say they were somewhere around the 30. They were inside what they said was the their kicker's you know longest field goal range. Yeah. And it was like third and two or something like that. And the quarterback um, was doing a handoff option and he kept the ball and he like they totally tricked the defense nobody was within like at least five yards of him so he was easily going to get two yards in the first down but yeah. then he he tripped <laughs> and so he didn't get the first down so it was like fourth and one or maybe it was still fourth and two mm-hmm. and so instead of so they were in the field goal range like just barely of their kicker and so instead of trying to get points on the board and, you know, skip overtime or whatever, they decided to go for it again. And so they went for it and they didn't get it. So Western Michigan would have had a chance at least to have maybe won it or tie it. So yeah. anyway, so then Western Kentucky takes over, goes all the way down the field. Uh, and then they're kind of in that they're right outside the field goal range. So they try to hail Mary, but then Western Michigan had 12 men on the field. So then they took the penalty and they were closer. So they kicked it and they won in regulation. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. But but even then, like there was a weird thing where it's just like, okay, they're gonna go for the Hail Mary. Oh wait, no, they're substituting the field goal unit in. Oh no, like they kept switching. Yeah, I saw that and I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, it was really, really weird. So but it was it was entertaining. So that that was one of the pretty good ones. But I mean the with the weird thing with this time of the year, I mean, since a lot of people have, you know, time off. They've taken time off from the, uh, from work and everything. Almost, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like every day feels like a Saturday. Because yeah, that's true. You're not at work and football's on TV like all day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, best time of the year, right? Right. Exactly. And being on a high note, we could go ahead and jump right into the rock moment. I want to rock! <laughs> You know, sometimes things happen instantly. Sometimes things like to linger and take a long time. But there are certain people um, the other night that were introduced to a very uh, interesting thing called karma. Okay. uh, Where Ohio State lost to Clemson. (laughs) And they completely are in an outrage over it, which I mean, there's justification to it. I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm trying to remember the last time that they, I I was going to try to take some time, but I was busy doing other notes for this. I was trying to think of the last time that they were in a close game and they had any room to argue that they lost because of bad officiating. Because mm-hmm. most of the time when Ohio State has lost in the past, gosh, maybe 10 years, they've been blown out. I mean, they got blown out by Clemson those few years ago. They got blown. I mean, they get embarrassed randomly by Iowa, by Purdue, where they w- lose by like m- more than a couple touchdowns. You know, I mean, it's easy to be like, no, you you guys lost this game. You can't mm-hmm. blame it on something. But here they are. They finally found I mean, I don't even so like I'm saying, I can't remember last time that they've been in a situation like this where they even have the opportunities to blame the officials for losing. Um, but it happened and it was rather glorious. And the Buckeye fan base is losing their mind. So I always say that when Ohio State loses, America wins. So I'm totally okay with that. I know some people are kind of like, oh, I can't. That That's lame. That's like when Michigan State roots for Ohio State to beat Michigan. You know, I can't be like that. And I'm just like, I don't care. I hate <laughs> Ohio State. I don't like seeing them win. So if Clemson beats them, fine. I'm not going to rub it in Ohio State's face. I mean, there's there's no room. I, I'm, I don't understand where Michigan fans will go to Ohio state fans, like saying something funny and cheeky on Twitter, whatever. Fine. I mean, that's what Twitter is meant for and and good fun, but to go and to like target and talk trash directly to someone that I don't get, because it's just like, you're that's living through another team, like directly, like you're trying to take, um, take credit for what another team has done, which your team hasn't been able to do but once in the past decade, which is 
absolutely pathetic. Um, so yeah, I, that that is easily the rock moment for me. Uh, I mean, you can some people will agree with me, some people won't, in taking joy and seeing Clemson beat Ohio State, but it was it was funny. And yeah, I actually agree. Did you watch that game? I can't remember. I saw bits and pieces of it. I kept falling asleep on the couch. Yeah. Oh, gotta love those late night primetime stupid stuff. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, the um the whole turnover or they turned the call over, which was the uh fumble, force fumble return for a touchdown. That that was totally wrong in my opinion. Like I could have understood if they said it stands, but the fact that they felt like there was enough that they overturned it, there was some messed up with that. But still, anyways, I mean, you know, Welcome to reality. I mean, Ohio State fans have got to be one, if not the most spoiled fan base in college football for I don't even know how long. Oh, yeah. Them and Alabama are way up there. Yeah. I mean, because and I was going to say it, too, like if they made it to the national championship game, what other um, football program can say that their past three coaching hires all led their teams to the national championship within the first two seasons. Right. Because um, Trestle did it, Meyer did it, and if they had gotten to the champion, the national championship game this year, they would have done it. No, yeah. other, no other school has, has anything like that. I mean, yeah, Alabama has a long record because of Saban, and Clemson has been doing amazing things because of Dabo Sweeney. Like nobody else can say, oh yeah, you can, we've gone through three coaches. I, you can't count what's his stupid face because that wasn't even a hire. That was a temporary band aid. That um, was an oh crap. What are we gonna do for a coach? Yeah. <laughs> so so they promoted the water boy. Um, but, <laughs> so yeah, three coaches in in order in succession, all going to the national championship. Now, again, of course, I said Day didn't quite get it done, but still, I mean, he took him to the playoff and all that. Right. Whatever, so, anyways, that that's uh, a longer rock moment discussion, but uh, we get to change gears and take it to the garbage play of the week. Garbage day! All right, and this for this part, we hand it over to Brandon. Brandon, what do you have for us today? Uh, my garbage play comes from the Lions game, and it is David Blau's interception. <sighs> uh, he had it towards the end of the game. Who was he throwing that to? <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, nobody in the vicinity of where that was at. Like, the closest receiver was about five yards away, maybe more, maybe almost ten. And there was two Packers defenders like right there. So it was an easy interception for Martinez. It kind of makes me think of um, kind of, you know, this is vague of uh, John O'Corn's interception against Ohio State. You remember that one? (laughs) Yeah. Where there was like nobody there and he just like threw it. And yeah, people talked about how like the play broke down and it was a wrong read or whatever, but it was just like. One of those things where it's just like, what was even going on there? So, and that actually kind of, then there was that interception fields through to end the Ohio State Clemson game where it was just like, you know, 
what were you, what were you thinking? Right. Yeah, just when he threw that, I even said, because uh, I watched it at my parents' house, and I said to my dad, I'm like, who is he even throwing that to? <laughs> I don't know if I got somebody ran the wrong route or something, but yeah, man, it just looked bad. Oh, a fitting way for the Lions, right? <laughs> exactly. So, which is actually what we're going to be talking about first. Uh, so, before we start talking about um, the sports topics, we're actually going to do, again, like I did last week, uh, we're going to do a combined episode because, I mean, usually we do a review episode with reviewing Michigan and Lions, and then we do a preview with Michigan and Lions. But since we only have one game to review and one game to preview, we're going to actually smush them together and make uh, one combined episode this week. So we're first going to start with the review of the Lions game coming up. All right, well, Brandon, we haven't talked too much sports um, lately, but what what can we say? What can we say? What can be said? The Lions did what they needed to do. And I feel like (laughs) the uh, realistic or I don't know this. I don't want to say smart fans, but the honest fans recognize it as it was a good thing to happen. Like how, how are you feeling now that the Lions did what they needed to do and they, they lost uh, their last games of the season. I I was very happy. This is exactly what I wanted to happen. Um, I mean, they weren't going to make the playoffs, obviously. Uh, It was a complete throwaway of a season. And, you know, with the possibility of being able to pick, you know, number two or number three, uh, I mean, it's more valuable to look to next season than it is to try to get a a moral victory for this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with someone like Chase Young possibly being there at number three. Not saying he's going to be. You know, he might go number two. Who knows? The Bengals might go nuts and pick up number one instead of a quarterback. But, you know, with the possibility of getting someone of that caliber at a position of need, I would say it's even their biggest need. Um, no, I was really happy with that. So, yeah, they ended up with a third pick. Uh, Washington got blown out by the Cowboys, so um, they stayed put at number two. If the Redskins would have beat the Cowboys, and the Lions would have had the second pick. Ah, douchebags. <laughs> so now, um, I, I wasn't keeping up with this, and I feel like this is something you're more knowledgeable about and everything, too. And I was honestly, like, the parts that I caught of the game live – I wasn't really listening to it. Like I, I have, I love technology. I have my tablet that I usually watch, especially NFL games on. And I like kind of carry it around with me and I don't really have the volume up too loud. So I, I'm sure that they've probably discussed it with that. win, like the Packers wanted to win that game, I mean, Rogers was in, which I was a little surprised about, but they, with that win, they locked in uh, the bye, didn't they? Yeah. First round bye. Okay. So it did. And if the I don't, I didn't see did the 49ers win or not. Yeah, they did. Okay, because if the 49ers would have lost, then the Packers would have had the number one seed in the uh, NFC. 
so they would have home field advantage throughout. Mm. So it was an important game for the Packers. Um, unfortunately for the Packers, they didn't play very well at all. Yeah, they did not. It was a pretty boring game. Um, Aaron Rodgers' numbers look better than he played. I mean, he had 323 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. But, man, he was off all day. He was overthrowing guys left and right. Yeah. I'm always um, a fan of seeing Green Bay lose. But, of course, like, considering the circumstances and everything, it was just like, take the draft stock, tank the game. But, yeah, it was – I mean – this week, last week, the whole last I don't, stretch of the season, everything, it really was just kind of ugly games, games that were kind of close. They weren't really super exciting or entertaining, but mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, then just, it kind of a dull game all around. Um, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, well, I was going to say then I guess like the biggest thing for Lions fans moving forward is. Uh, taking the wager on will the Lions screw up their first-round draft pick or not. <laughs> I know. I keep having nightmares of Chase Young's going to be there and they're going to like take somebody terrible instead. And then he'll go like next pick to the Giants or whatever. And then end yeah. up being like a pro bowler. Yeah. Because that'd be typical Lions fashion. Ugh. Don't even want to think about it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So, yeah, that's uh that is the conclusion of the Lions 2019 football season. Yeah, not really much to talk about in that game other than David Blau had a receiving touchdown. Yes, I from remember a that. A pass from Danny Amendola, that was really the only exciting thing in the game. Mhm. And yeah. to put the the cherry on top of the the turd Sunday that was uh, the Lions' season is uh, Kenny Galladay couldn't finish the game because he had a concussion. Huh. And that's just everybody getting injured for the Lions this year. <sighs> well, that was part of the thing, too, as I remember that trick play with uh, the pass to Blau. It's just like, why are you trying that hard to win? Like, or why are you? That's what I said, you... too. I'm like, why are we doing this week 17 when yeah. we've only won three games? Like, where was this? against the chiefs or something you know yeah exactly i i i don't know i just that kind of baffled me (laughs) i can easily say that after the first i don't know heck probably even two or three weeks of the season i did not quite expect to see it where it is now but of course nobody expected the uh bunch of injuries and things like that either i mean you can't accurately predict things when you don't know that's going to happen yeah so any i mean i I know it's so exciting that lions fans always love this time of year (laughs) because it's so good to them but is there anything else to uh add to the lions discussion um not really um i mean with the packers uh Devontae Adams had 93 yards of touchdown. Aaron Jones had 100 yards on the ground. Uh, as far as the Lions go, you know, Danny Amendola had that dumb penalty where he shoved that guy out of bounds. That was uh, 
uh, a lionized moment, I guess, <laughs> where you become lionized. Um, yeah, totally. And I guess really the only other two uh, positives is Amani Oruarie had that interception on Rodgers, and that was a really nice play. And Will Harris had a sack on a blitz. So, you know, I guess when you like blitz for once, it creates <laughs> pressure on the quarterback. Uh, that's funny. I, I do remember that watching that though. That was that was well done. It it made me laugh because they they blitz it and the guy gets a sack like immediately and um my I was like oh finally a sack and my dad's like yeah and a blitz imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> oh lines, and we get to look forward to. Very similar things next year because Quinn and Patricia aren't going anywhere. Oh, yeah. The gruesome twosome returns. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Well, all set, all, all ready to kind of wash your hands of the lines and step away and wave as the boat Turn floats by in the, in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, as the boat floats out into the ocean, all ablaze and sinks. <laughs> so that turd floating by is a pretty, pretty close. Uh, but, yeah, let's roll on to Michigan. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, Michigan football. So the uh, the numbers I'm looking at right now, as they currently stand, number fourteen mm-hmm. Michigan uh, and number thirteen Alabama facing off in the Citrus Bowl on January first at one p.m. on ABC. Uh, they're saying basically 70% chance of Alabama winning, 30% chance of Michigan. And somehow, what I feel like this the spread is shrinking because I thought it was 7.5, and, and now it's 7. I don't know how. how. Yeah, I'm not really sure where they get that from anyway. I don't know either. I mean, considering that, hold on, I think I have it here that really like nobody's sitting out for either team. Um, Michael Dwomfor is uh, out. If anybody did not catch that, he, um, he was dealing with, uh, he's dealt with injuries uh, through his um, years of playing. Um the redshirt junior defensive tackle, and he did some medical procedure that is preventing him to play or even travel. And so he's not going to be in the game if anybody did not catch that. Um, he started the last two games of the regular season, Indiana, Ohio State, and he had for the season nine tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, a half sack, and two pass breakups. So... There's an update for that for who's not going to be playing for Michigan. As for Alabama, 
Bama. Where did it go? Have my note. Um, it seems like the only people who are not playing for them are linebacker Trell Lewis and sa- safety Trayvon Diggs is okay. the latest I've seen. So basically they're not sitting anybody. Um, and that was the thing that way back in the beginning when we did our way too early like conversation about this matchup. Uh, and again, I believe it was seven and a half. Maybe it was only seven, but I thought it was seven and a half, the spread. And I was just like, okay, you know, maybe that makes sense because they don't know who is going to be sitting for what team. But now at this point, when you know that basically nobody's sitting for either team, basically, um, I don't know how that spread has been able to basically stay the same. It confuses me. Yeah, I I never know how that works. I don't know where they get those numbers. Somehow Vegas knows pretty good, you know, I mean, with predicting those. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through a little bit of a, a rundown here. Uh, I already started off with how is Michigan only a seven point underdog (laughs) bullet point number one. Um, Because technically for me, like if honestly, if Michigan somehow only loses this game by single digits, I would consider that a victory. Of course. I mean, not like saying, Oh, they won the game, but I would consider that victory for Michigan, you know, considering how they got keep getting blown out by, the best teams that they faced, i.e. Ohio State. But you mm-hmm. want to know how many teams have lost to Alabama by single digits this season? Zero. Um, all of them? Zero. Oh, a lot. Really? By single digits? Oh, by single digits? Yeah, I'd yeah. say zero for sure. Zero. Now, granted, again, so Alabama has two losses. Keep that in mind. So I've got some information here. Um... The last time Alabama lost two games in a season was 2014. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let that sink in. The last time really that puts Al- things into perspective. Yeah. The last time Alabama lost two games in a row was 2013. So keep in mind they lost the the last their last regular season game against Auburn. They lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you want to talk about the last time that Alabama lost three games in a season, so Alabama has already lost to LSU and Auburn. Last time that Alabama has lost three games in a season was 2010. Wow. Since um, Nick Saban has been coaching at Alabama, all the non-title like games or non-playoff bowl games that he's been a part of, Mm-hmm. He has won. Granted, there were only two, but he has won them. Yeah. So all these things already pointing to, like, you know, this does not look good. This does not look good. I don't even see how this is, like, saying, oh, it could still be a seven-point game. Anyways. So now, where is, like, uh, well, here's, here's something else, too. So. Alabama had two losses this season. Granted, Alabama didn't have to play Florida or Georgia this year. So who knows if they would have more losses if they had to play either one of those or both of those teams. Mm -hmm. So the only ranked teams 
or the te- teams that they have played that are currently ranked, Alabama lost to those two teams. LSU, number one LSU, and number 12 Auburn. Uh, granted, though, they lost those two games by a combined eight points. So, and everybody just saw LSU completely dismantle Oklahoma, winning that game by 35. So, here's where your kind of glimmer of hope is on being like, does Michigan have a chance of winning this game? Yeah, sure. Every team has a chance of winning a game. I'm not holding my breath on this, but that that's where a little bit of the glimmer of the hope is, is the fact that the two games that they've lost have been the two only ranked teams that they played. Mm-hmm. But also if you take the other side of it, of looking at the wins compared to the losses, the best win for Alabama this season was again was a 19 point win against eight and five Texas A and M that went four and four in the SEC. So that's their best win. Okay. So I mean, like you might people might be like, how is that even possible? I mean, listen to this to this schedule. They played Duke, New Mexico State, South Carolina. Sure, they had a big upset win uh, against Georgia, but overall they did not do well. Southern Mississippi, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Western Carolina outside of LSU and Auburn. (laughs) None of those teams are very good. Right. Western Carolina, I didn't even know it was a real thing. Yeah. But granted, again, like I said, they have blown blown basically all these teams out. So there's that. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that that's your glimmer of hope. The glimmer of hope is the fact that they have lost to any ranked team that they faced and that their best win was against an 8-5 team. So take that for what it's worth. That's what you got. Now, I will say this, though, and there will be more of a discussion and everything. I'm not, like, fast-forwarding to the end to the predictions or anything, but... For Michigan to have any hope to win this game, they have to score at least, in my mind, they have to score at least 35 points. At least. Because yeah, Alabama, I would say so. Yeah, Alabama is like a scoring machine. Um, how Now, it's kind of interesting that they say that because then you know how many games Alabama has scored less than 35 points this season? None of them. Zero. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of like the interesting thing where it's just like for Michigan to have a chance to have hope to win this game. That's where I'm saying that they have to at least score 35 points. And, of course, then it goes to like the defense has to be productive, not get burned, play smart and things like that, Yeah, uh, which is kind of a stretch anyways as it is. So, yeah, it is so many things not looking favorable for Michigan in this game. Um, some of the things, just general things to mention, uh, points per game, you've got Michigan averaging 33 points per game. Uh, Alabama is averaging just under 49 points per game. Uh, points allowed, this is more, um, the defenses kind of line up pretty similar. Uh, Michigan's only allowed a little over 19 points per game while Alabama is just a little under 19. So that's relatively mm-hmm. even. Uh, total yards, Michigan's just over 400. 
Alabama is just a little bit over 500 yards per game. Um, very, um, there's only a hundred yard difference in passing and rushing for Michigan, uh, about 250 passing to 150 for rushing. But then the big difference for Alabama is that they do so much with their passing game. 343 yards. Wow. Average for passing with 169 for rushing. So that but yeah, they got two like potential first round draft picks at wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Judy like, and Ruggs. And so that's the thing there too, where it's just like, okay, that's important to consider. It's just like, okay, if Michigan is able to disrupt the passing game, not shut I'm not saying shut it down, but just disrupt it, would that give them a chance? Eh, maybe. Keep that in mind. Right. Um, and then yards allowed, uh, this is a little bit closer. Of course, we're talking about how the defenses have allowed similar numbers. Michigan's allowed an average of 292, Alabama 318. So not too far there. Um, so yeah, again, I already mentioned that both teams finished the regular season with losses. So both of them are looking to finish the season off on a positive note. Alabama, again, like I said, hasn't lost two games in a row uh, since what, like 2010 or no, 2013, I think it was. And Michigan, um, is looking for its fourth 10 win season in Harbaugh's first five years. Um, honestly, if somehow Michigan wins this game, I know how ugly it was, uh, at the beginning of the season and how ugly the Ohio state loss is. And some people want to mark, you know, the success of a season on just how things go with Ohio State. But if somehow Michigan were able to beat Alabama, I would call this a successful season being a 10 win season again and beating what everybody knows. Everybody knows that Alabama is, even though they didn't make it the playoffs, that they're a playoff caliber team because they, I mean, they probably could have done better than Oklahoma did. Well, they did when they played LSU. So yeah, no, I agree. Um, any uh, any thoughts about uh, the matchup? Some of the some of the situational things where things might be more successful for Michigan than others, or um, I mean, like they're gonna have a hard time with that that passing offense. Um, but really one of the main components is missing, and that's, uh, that's Tua. Mm-hmm. He's he's still out with the injury. Um, this could be out for a while. He might not even be ready for the combine. Um, and honestly, for the life of me right now, I can't think of the name of their backup quarterback. Can you? Uh, yeah. Oh, crap. I just had it. Uh, Mac. Wait, where do I have I've got so many tabs open right now. Mac Jones. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, to lose a player player of the caliber of Tua Tagovailoa. Oh my gosh, um, Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. All right. Anyway, to lose a player his caliber is a it's a it's a big hit. I mean, he was a Heisman hopeful, so that's kind of working in Michigan's way. I don't think they should have too much trouble with the running game, but that passing game, I, I feel is just going to tear Michigan apart. Yeah. 
that that's where I'm just kind of like there's potential. If they if the Michigan if this game is going to be won and lost, uh, I feel like it's overused and said so many times, but this is the truth for for this game. This game is going to be won and lost in the trenches. Because mm-hmm. if Michigan is able to pressure the quarterback just enough frequently enough, they don't have to sack him all the time, but just disrupt him, make him get rid of the ball earlier. Um, while the secondary is still providing good coverage down the field, they can stick in this game. But if the Michigan defense is not able to get past that Alabama front and he has a bunch of time, Mac has a bunch of time to sit there in the pocket, their receivers are going to get open. Yeah. So, I mean, and their receivers are scary. I mean, as you mentioned, they have like two that are going to be. Um, probably first round draft picks, but okay. Check so check this out. Uh, now, of course, like I said, Michigan and an Alabama or Michigan is more of a balanced team between the run game and the pass game. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan had only two games in which receivers had more than a hundred yards receiving, and that was Michigan State, Ronnie Bell, and Indiana, Nico Collins. Now let's flip that to Alabama. Alabama has only had three games that they have not had at least one wide receiver break 100 yards. Wow. And to make you feel better, two of those three games, they had receivers that had 99 yards. So they were (laughs) one yard. Oh, my gosh. To make you feel even better. Now, granted, this is against Ole Miss, which wasn't very, you know, didn't do a whole lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, probably considered biggest receiver, Devontae Smith. He put up 274 receiving yards against Ole Miss. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is crazy to look at the comparison. Okay. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to harp on this a little bit too. So, so he has 1200 receiving yards for the season. He is averaging 100 yards per game, Devontae Smith. So the the top three receivers for Alabama, Smith, um, oh, man, I'm going to totally screw up his last name. Uh, uh, First name, Jerry. Uh, Judy. Judy? Yeah, Judy. Okay. Um, Smith, Judy, and Ruggs, the third. Top three receivers, uh, all juniors. They um, they have accounted for um, 29 touchdowns. <laughs> 29 touchdowns, and oh my gosh, like, I can't even do the math. Like, uh, oh gosh, 3,000 yards? Pretty Something close, like I think about 2,800. Yeah, so anyways, the big one is 29 touchdowns. If you want to look at Michigan... And their uh, top three receivers, they have accounted for 14 touchdowns. That is not even half of what those three receivers have done. And then the uh, the total number of yards that Michigan top three receivers have done is uh, 1,700 yards. So that's over a thousand yards difference between the top three receivers. 
Now, again, like I said, Michigan is more of a balanced team. They haven't focused on passing, and, you know, they also haven't played Western Carolina, excuse me, and whatever high school team that Alabama played. But, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we've talked about the wide receivers. We talked about uh, Smith, the wide receiver. We talked about Jones at quarterback. Um, he's really only played significant time. I mean, he's played in... I think 11 of the games, uh, 11 of the 12 games, but he uh, really only had sig- really truly significant time in three of them, two or three of them. Um, and one of those uh, then being the loss to Auburn. Uh, another main player to look at that a lot of Michigan fans are going to be familiar with is Najee Harris at the running back. Um, he is... Broken, uh, 1,000 yards rushing, um, has been pretty impressive. Now, part of me was thinking, okay, if we, if the Michigan defense can shut down, well, not shut down, but limit the passing game, is the running game just going to take over and be able to, you know, win that for them? Uh, the answer is possible, definitely possible. But if you look at their loss to um, Auburn, they had uh, Ruggs was the leading receiver with 99 yards, and Harris put up almost 150 yards rushing. So just if, and it looks like they kind of shut down the passing game uh, for Alabama. I mean, not completely shut down, but they limited it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't really, the running game is not going to completely compensate for the passing game. So there is an opportunity there, but then of course, I mean, it depends on if Michigan is able to do those two things. Can you limit the passing game while not, uh, you know, opening up opportunities for the running game? Right. So interesting perspective potential there and everything. So, yeah, I know that, uh, it's a little. It might be a little different. I know that we've not uh, Don Brown's defense um, as of late because you know the good teams that face it just destroy it. Particularly mm-hmm. Ohio State's figured it out. Uh, granted, Alabama does not have to face this defense defense year in and year out, so they might not be as prepared for it. I'm sure they could easily just watch tape and kind of see things and figure it out. So I'm not very optimistic about that happening. Um, this is an opportunity for, you know, the defense of unit and the, uh, coaching staff to be like, Hey, you know, we're going to figure this out. We're going to write this and we're going to, you know, make a positive finish for the 2019 season. But I don't, I don't see that happening here against a team like Alabama. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be tough. Mm hmm. Uh, but that's that's a lot of the numbers and different things to look at. Um, yeah, I was looking at all these uh, different interesting stats and everything for for the kind of comparing the quarterbacks and everything. Uh, Mac Jones isn't a bad quarterback, but he's definitely no Tua. Right, he's, he's not. He's not on that level, so. Well, we didn't know Tua was good until um, 
You know, the guy that's at Oklahoma now got hurt. Oh, yeah. Yep, so... Um, yeah, what was I going to look at? Yeah, he's got... I think as a whole... Where we go? Yeah, he's just under 70% with his completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little over 100 passing attempts. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. Two of his three interceptions came against Auburn. Uh, Alabama is not known for turnovers. But again, also, I mean, they haven't exactly played the most amazing defenses. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that that's, that's the thing that's just weird. Like, using a backup quarterback, and this is going to be the third-ranked opponent that they've faced. I mean, technically, when they played Texas A&M, they were ranked. They were ranked, like, 24 or something. But Texas mm-hmm. A&M um, finished outside the top 25. They did just beat Oklahoma State, so chances are, knowing the poll people, they'll probably put them in at 25 and then pat Alabama on the back for beating a top 25 team, but whatever. Um so yeah, no, it's just it's just kind of interesting, kind of different. I um but another part of the problem too is like we've for how many years now have been like, oh, you know, Michigan will do a good job preparing for the postseason, blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't happen. You didn't see it against Florida, you didn't see it against South Carolina. Um, they did against Florida the first year that they played. But and then was there Another bowl game? I'm missing a bowl game. Anyways, whatever. With Michigan? Yeah. Florida State? Oh, yeah. Where Dalvin Cook ran all over us? I totally forgot about that because I was watching that earlier today. Yeah, (laughs) that was was one that wasn't too bad. But again, like that's very interesting too because 2016, what should it could have been such a great year for Michigan because you know, their defense was new. Nobody had figured it out yet. You know, they had mm-hmm. the chance to beat Ohio State. They had the chance to beat Florida State. But both times they didn't. Uh, combined, all their losses, I think, was, you know, still in single digits. Like, I think they yeah. lost by combined five points or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it was just, it was bad. It was tough. So, uh, but, yeah, now here it is. That was 2016. Now it's 2019. And basically everybody knows how to beat the Michigan defense if you have the athletes. Mm-hmm. And Alabama does. Absolutely. So so th- this is, you know, what's Don Brown going to do? What's the defense going to do? Are they going to make appropriate changes? Because really, this rides more on the defense, I believe, than the offense. So many years, it's been like the offense hasn't been able to produce enough uh, while they've been riding on the back of the defense. But mm-hmm. now it's kind of like, hey, you know, the offense is probably going to be productive. Is the defense going to be able to say the same thing? I don't know. So, any... uh any other thoughts, takeaways, input, output, upload, download? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered everything. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting come Wednesday. So, like I said, I'm not really holding my breath, but mm-hmm. 
Uh, that can take us to the end where we will go ahead and do our predictions. Now, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, Brandon. I didn't know how we wanted to do this. So, so we've got a couple opportunities to do some predictions. Uh, I checked the final score. Uh, you have 58. I have 63. Um, do you, do we want to do a prediction for... Oh, no, that that would be us doing the same thing. So, no, that's okay. Um, we can maybe do predictions for NFL postseason if you want to, if you feel up for doing anything with that. But here with the last one, that's kind of like going to be some of the normal matchups. Uh, we'll do the prediction for the Michigan game. We probably won't do any locks at all. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess... Unless, do we want to do some locks for... Were you prepared with a lock for the um, wild card weekend? Yeah, I actually have one. Oh, okay. All right, well, we can do that afterwards. I wasn't sure if you'd be ready for that. I'll check that out here in a second, pick one myself. Um, and then I'll have a question, so... All right. So then it's prediction time. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I will restate that Michigan is a seven-point underdog against Alabama in the bowl game. The over-under, I don't know if I mentioned that before, is 58. So they are expecting a decent amount of points. Hopefully they're not all on Alabama's side. Hopefully Michigan scores some. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, we've said this ever since this matchup got announced and everything. I do not think things are going to go very well. Um... I honestly haven't put a lot of thought into what I think the final score is going to be. But I I don't think the defense is going to be able to do it. Um, I will go ahead and put this to Michigan putting up 20 points and Alabama putting up 38. Okay. So. And what's, what say you, Brandon? I have Michigan 17, Alabama 45. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about stretching uh, how much um, Alabama was going to score. That's I, I I might be kind of like putting in some sympathy in there a little bit, hoping that Michigan will keep them under forty points. But mm-hmm. so yeah, so we both have them losing. We both have them definitely not covering the spread, and we have uh, both of us with the over. So good stuff. Uh, so then. Uh, and again, I feel like I have to say this every time. I will be so thrilled if I am proven wrong. <laughs> and I also feel like every time I say this, I I am correct in my prediction. But I just there's not been enough for me to be able to say that Michigan would win this game. There's not even been enough right. for me to say that Michigan is going to cover the spread. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that all that kind of stuff. Anyways, 
So locks of the week are going to be coming from the NFL. Brandon, uh, since you're ready and set with all that, I'll let you do your pick, and then I'll uh, find one that you haven't chosen. So go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so the Texans play um, the Bills on Saturday, and they are currently a three-point favorite. And I think the Texans will cover that. I'm not sold on the Bills. I think the Texans finally get over that hump and you know, make a make it a little bit farther to playoffs this year. They get a playoff win? Yeah. Man, you know, part of me wants to take the um, these other ones. They're, they're all so tricky. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to take the Patriots because it's like the Patriots are always good for like, I mean, gosh, how many, I can't imagine how many years it's been since they haven't won a play, playoff game. Um, the Saints in negative eight, though, that's quite a bit. But at the same time, the tech or the Titans are like one of the hottest teams in the league right now. I know it's, it's so tough. So I think, oh. Uh, and then I hate the Eagles because they're so <laughs> unpredictable. I think I am going to because the Seahawks just lost to the 49ers. Yep. I think I will take Seattle covering the negative two. Oh, I have on my app it says Seattle is a negative 1.5. Oh. Well, weird. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of them have like slightly different. So, uh, okay. Yeah, there's there's a little bit. So, what app are you using? Um, ESPN. Okay. Yeah, ESPN. I have this is um the score app I'm using right now, and then you can okay. go online. Uh, I think one of the more reliable ones. <laughs> Um, is the odd shark from Vegas? Um, okay. actually, now it's got me curious, so I'm gonna see. Uh, see what they say. Odd shark. They have it as negative one and a half. Mm. Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. Just kidding. They showed a different site. So the be- yeah, so it's interesting because it shows you like the best ones from a- across the the internet, and they have it down as a negative two. But the best one in Seattle's favor is negative uh, one and a half, and then the best one for in Philly's favor is the plus two and a half. So okay, interesting. Anyways, um, uh, and then I am on the side of the majority as 66% are taking Seattle and negative two. Right. Boom. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. We got our locks in and then I will do what will be the last Michigan question of the week. And that is, will Michigan have more receiving touchdowns than rushing touchdowns? And I am going to say yes. Brandon, what say you? <sighs> I'm also say yes. 
All right. I can't. I know I need to gain some ground, but I really can't argue with that. Yeah. Again, blame me for that. That's all good. We'll have to watch and see how that goes. So, yep. So you were trailing by five. There's still probably going to be a couple of final predictions that we do, even if like the last one is just us predicting the uh, Super Bowl or something like that. So there it is. Um, The last normal episode, kind of, sort of. And then we'll have a recap episode next week. And then hopefully by then we'll, we'll probably be discussing what last sports stuff that we'll be doing as the football season is coming to a close. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause college football will be done next week. And then, you know, the super bowl will cap off the NFL. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it and we'll figure it out. Rock. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope that uh, the football game is something that we are able to enjoy and that we will have good things to share in the next episode, but uh, don't hold your breath because that will be bad for your health. And, and until next time, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.